discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places. I came because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Growing up spiritually. Tell me about growing up spiritually. spiritually. I began to share concerning what it means to grow up spiritually and why you need to grow up spiritually because you can't remain a child forever. Do you see? There are major disadvantages of remaining a child. You just have to grow. You have to grow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, and in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verse, verse 14, says, So that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Now, the word children there is nephews, and that's what I started examining, isn't it? And nephews is an untrained child, an unskilled child an untaught child, an indisciplined child. Praise the Lord. So we have to grow. You see? Yeah. You'll be carried by every wind of doctrine. For instance, it is very difficult to um, turn the mind of someone who has learned the Bible. It's very difficult for you to teach him something else that is not in the Bible. If it's not in the Word, he's not going to take it. You become a stickler to the word as you go. You see, if it is not found in the pages of the Bible, you are not into it. But a child can have someone just come and come and say something. That's, there's an angel called something. Papa L or Mama L or Raphael. Bunka L. An angel called Bunka L especially. And that that angel is in charge of prophetic visions and that if you want to see prophetically you must start talking to such that particular angel so that your eyes can open you see there's nothing like that in the bible there's nothing like the way to get you to understand the scriptures is by praying the Ephesian prayers for you to understand the scriptures and see the bible see the word of god and have understanding with the word of god you need to pray for yourself Okay, pray these prayers. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15. Look at it. Ephesians 1 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Next verse. It says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know, the Ephesian church were just growing. They were just coming up. Do you see? They were just coming up. Paul was training them. He was teaching them the word. And he did something for them to grow and understand the word of God. He said, I do not cease to pray for you. And I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. 
I pray that you will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. Then he goes on to say, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That means your, the eyes of your heart being flooded with light. The entrance of thy word giveth light and giveth understanding to the simple or to the immature one. So the more you pray like that, the more you see, you begin to understand the word. Do you see? And you have to take these things for yourself. For instance, you realize that you don't really understand the Bible. You don't really understand the revelation of the scriptures. What do you need to do? Pick these prayers and pray them for yourself. The eyes of your understanding all of a sudden will start becoming enlightened. All of a sudden, when you read the Bible, you begin to understand it very well. That's how it works. You don't need a special angel to open your eyes. You don't need to wash your face upside down. Or rather, downwards up. Yeah, there's, there was this prophetic direction that when you wash your face like this, you are opening your eyes. And your eyes will open. Yeah, and one of the prophetic directions was that you add uh, lemon juice with some other things to the water, and then you wash your face every morning with it. And there are some special, there are some, uh, special leaves that you pluck, and then you put it on your eyes and sleep with it. I mean, oh, this, I'm not joking with you. This, all these things came up about five years ago, four years ago. It was very popular. And there's nothing new under the sun. These are things Ken Hagen them spoke about. The devil is very smart. The same set of problems he brings over and over every five to ten years. He brings them over again. Because he knows you meet a new batch of people who don't know some things. Yeah, he just recycles it. But praying the scriptures, praying these scriptures, automatically opens your eyes. If you want to walk in wisdom, you pray for wisdom. Or you, you speak wisdom into your life. Do you see? Yeah, that's how you, that's how you do it. You confess wisdom. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. The word revelation is apocalypsis, unveiling. Unveiling all that has been covered. Do you see? God is into unveiling all that is covered to you and I. Go to chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read. I, I'm, this is not part of my message. I'm just saying some things, okay? Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read from verse 2. Ephesians 3, from verse 2. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word. This is Paul talking to the Ephesian church. Let's read from verse 1 so that it makes more sense, okay? For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, for you Gen say for you Gentiles. For you so the Ephesian church was a Gentile church. It was a church that was established amongst people who were not Jews. Do you see? And Paul said that I, I have been appointed by God to be a preacher to you. He says, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, those of you have been asking for the meaning of economy. The meaning of economy is dispensation. Okay? The word for economy is oikodomia. That's, that's what is written here. Okay? It means dispensation or distribution or administration or a household management. That's what it means. So there's a dispensation of the grace of God. There's a household management and dispensing of the grace of God. And that's what we are talking about. We say we are dispensing Christ with love. Because that is the dispensation of grace. The dispensation of grace is the dispensation of Christ. You understand? The giving out or the issuing out of Christ. That's what it is, okay? If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, it was given to Paul for the Gentiles towards you. Next verse. Then it says, how that by what? By revelation. By revelation. He made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. He made known unto me the mystery. What mystery? The mystery of Christ. God revealed the mystery of Christ to him. And he says, he made it known to the people in few words, because he had written to them before, earlier. Next verse. 
Whereby when you read, if you read what I wrote, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Paul had a certain knowledge in the mystery of Christ. And every Christian must have a certain knowledge of the mystery of Christ. You must understand the mystery of Christ. What is the mystery of Christ? The mystery of Christ is a church. Can you imagine? Okay, you, let's go on. Let me show you. Which in other ages, this, this particular thing in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. Nobody knew that Christ in you, the hope of glory, that Christ can dwell in you, that God can live in you. Nobody knew that knowledge. Nobody had that knowledge. Do you see? As it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in charge of revealing the, the knowledge of God or the revelation of Christ. So if you tell him, dear Holy Spirit, reveal to me who Christ is. What is the meaning of this thing? I don't want to be the cabin biscuits guy. You can, you can go through this world and never enjoy any of what God has designed for you to enjoy. You get to heaven, you look back and you realize how much you denied your own self. Because it never crossed your mind to have understanding concerning the scriptures. Because you were constantly a babe. Constantly a babe. Do you see? It's not supposed to be like that. You must have revelation concerning the word of God. The word of God must come to you. And if you read the Bible and realize that it's making you sleep, start praying the prayers I just showed you. It's not uh, abnormal to read the Bible and sleep. It's a stage in Christian growth. You, have, you know you're supposed to read your Bible. But as you're reading, you're sleeping. It's not supposed to be like that forever. You must climb out of that particular stage. How are you going to climb out of that particular stage? Through praying that God will grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I mean, you should read the Bible and become so excited. Let me, let me show you a scripture. Psalm 116. Look at what David said. I mean, what made David different from every other person? David didn't remain a child. David grew. He grew in God. How many of you know David? Special guy. David was, David was very back to the back. And God took him from there and made him king of Israel. Now, did David do some things to make God choose him? Did he? Do you think David did some things that made God choose him? What do you think? Because God did choose him. Now, where was, did he do something? Do you think he did something? What do you think he did? God just chose him. He didn't know what he did. But if you read, you get to know what he did. I don't know if you get it. He didn't know what he did for God to choose him. But if you read concerning his life, you realize why God chose him. Remember, God said, I have found David, my servant, a man who is after my heart, who will execute all my will and do all my program. That's what God said about him. Now, David loved God so much and loved his word so much that the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord look at to and fro, goes to and fro the earth, looking for him who will show himself strong on. Do you see? God is always looking. Remember, the day, the day Samuel came to come and anoint one of Jesse's sons to be king over Israel, Samuel had to go through all the sons of Jesse. And the first one who came was Eliab. Eliab was thick tall. He had a V. He had a V chest. You know, those who don't walk like this, they walk like this because they are so big. They walk sideways. <laughs> Six pack, everything was there. Handsome guy. You know, beautiful guy, actually. Not handsome, beautiful. The ladies' man. But so when, when someone saw him, when someone saw him, he said, Ah, this is the Lord's anointed. So he took the oil to anoint him. And God said, Sit down, you have failed. Man looks on the outward. But I look on the heart. 
Then he said, I have rejected him. Meaning that God had considered him to be king over Israel at one time in his life. He didn't know he was under consideration. But he was rejected. So are there things that God will want to hand over to you that he cannot hand over to you because? Because of how you are. Because you are a child. How can you let a child run a big business? It's not possible. It's not possible. You see, David had genuine love for God. And genuine love for his word. Hallelujah. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know that playing his harp and all of those things in the desert was something that was pleasing to God. He had no idea. But if you read concerning him, you realize that he didn't joke with the word of God at all. And when, if the word of God is shut up to him, he cries. He will cry. Look at Psalm 119 verse 159. Psalm 119 verse 159. He says, consider how I love thy precepts. The word precepts is the word of God. He's talking to God. He says, consider how I love your word. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Wow. He could tell God, consider how I love your word. You check your life, realize you don't love the word. <laughs> it's a chore. What, what are you going to do about it? Ask anybody, what are you going to do about it? You have to pray. You know, there are people in the Bible you should want to be like. And there are people in the Bible you should want to be far away from. Do you see? You can easily spot your spiritual growth, your level, by reading the Old Testament. You, re you check your level, your level of growth, your level of de development, by looking at certain characters in the Old Testament. Sometimes you check yourself, realize that you're becoming more like Saul. <laughs> yes, you are, you are becoming more like Saul, or you are becoming more like Judas. Or you're becoming more like Elijah. Or Thomas or something. God has, God has given us many characters in the Bible to help us check. So you can always cross-check and find out where you are. Where am I? You can always find yourself somewhere. You will find yourself. Look at the next verse, verse 160. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy judgments endureth forever. He's magnifying the word of God. Next verse. Princes have persecuted me without a cause. But my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Like as they are persecuting me, my heart stands in awe of your word. Wow. What a man. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth spoil. My joy when I'm reading the Bible is like someone who has gone to war and has beaten his enemies and has gotten plenty properties. The word spoil means properties gained from war. What will you do if you found gold in your room? Gold as big as a 15-inch screen. What will you do? You will kill somebody that day. I mean, you will do all kinds of things, isn't it? Hallelujah. What will you do? What will you do? David says that the way someone rejoices at fi finding goods, property, is the same way he rejoices at the word of God. Like as he's reading the Bible, it tickles his fancy so much that he rejoices sad. Why? I found God's word. He says, open down my eyes that I may behold wondrous things in thy word. So you have to pray like that. God, open my eyes. Let me see. 
Let me have the joy that these people had when they were reading your Bible. Yeah. So that you are not moved to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So that you can be qualified. Remember, the heir, as long as he's a child, as long as, as long as he's a child, differed nothing from a servant, even though he's the Lord of all. Galatians 4 verse 1. He's the Lord of all, but because he's a child, he's not different as long as he's a child. As long as he's a child. It's not different. It can be forever. There are Christians who have stayed as babes forever till they've died. That will not be your case. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes. The word babes there is the same word for nephews. Babes in Christ. See, I refuse to be an abuse. An unskilled, untaught child. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You have to grow. And you pray like that, you see. Like I'll show you in Ephesians chapter 3. You pray like that. God, open my eyes. Reveal it to me. Dear Holy Spirit, you have the spirit of revelation. You have the spirit of revelation. Remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible says that I has not seen, neither has the ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man the things that the Lord has prepared for them that love him. But he has revealed them unto us by his spirit. That's verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us by who? So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of revelation. Who reveals what? He reveals the word of God to you. He helps you understand the word of God. Please, you understand what I'm saying? And you see, God is committed to our growth in the knowledge of God. Okay? God is what? In the knowledge of God. Because, you see, the quality of life you have as a Christian is completely dependent on the kind of fellowship life you have with the Holy Spirit. It's dependent on your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Which, in turn, is dependent on the revelation of God that you have. For instance, if you think that you are at loggerheads with God or God is at loggerheads with you, you will always be running away from God. Always. But if you know that God has reconciled us unto himself through the blood of Christ, you will not have any problem with God. Do you understand? It's a revelation of the word. It's in the Bible. But you may read the Bible and never see it, even though you are... It's like a news, You read like a newspaper. As you are reading, you gloss over. You just, you just move. You know, you are moving over gems over rubies, over gold, and you're just glossing over it. What someone will see and change his life forever, you will see and not have any, see anything about it. It will not move you at all. Hallelujah. God is committed, fully committed to our development. Fully. Fully. So that we don't remain children. We grow. You see, we grow. Now, sometimes when we talk about uh, spiritual growth or growing spiritually, a lot of people think that it has to do with gathering or amassing knowledge. It's not just about that. It's not about knowing many scriptures or being able to recite many scriptures. Okay? There's a certain word for knowledge in the Bible that is very, very important for us to understand. And that word is epignosis. Okay? The Greek word is epignosis. E-P-I-G-N-O-S-I-S. Epignosis. See, epignosis. And I want to share a little bit around that particular thing, okay? But you let me pick it up from somewhere and help you more. See, I will not remain a child. I, remain a child. Ah, I, I want to live to my fullest. 
that is my that is my one of my major aims because I, I remember John chapter 10, verse 10. It says a thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come. I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The King James says more abundantly. The amplifier says to the full. You can have and enjoy life. Look at this. It says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's the life God has designed for you. To live in abundance on every side of your life. To enjoy peace that surpasses all understanding. To have joy. Unspeakable. That is full of glory. Remember, God has recreated us in Ephesians 2 verse 10. He says that ye are the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. Do you see? Recreated in Christ unto good works. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Look at the Amplified. The Amplified is so nice. Look at the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. Recreated in Christ. You see, the recreation in Christ is for this purpose. The new creation is for this purpose. Christ came to come and die. And rise again from the dead and ascend. So that you and I can be recreated. For this purpose. Born anew that we may do those good works. They are good works which God has planned beforehand. Those good works which God predestined. Planned beforehand. For us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. That we should walk in them. Living the good life. Which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. That's a good life. Beautiful life. Exciting life. And that's where I live. That's where I live. That's where I live. Say, that's where I live. live. Yeah. Even if you you, you look around you and it's like, it's not real. It's not like that for you. Start saying it. The more you say it, the more you carry yourself into that place. Yeah. Yeah. Say, that's where I live. live. The Bible says, but yeah, come on to Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. We are in the heavenly Jerusalem. We are in the city of God. Where where they walk on gold. That's where we are, spiritually speaking. If you are in a place where they walk on gold, why would you suffer with gold? Say, I'll never go down. down. Say, prosperity is mine. mine. See, and all this comes through the revelation of God's word. The revelation of God's word determines the quality of life that you have. That you would live as a child of God. If you are going to be poor, it's dependent on your revelation of God. What revelation of God do you have? Do you see? If you are going to have a bad marriage, it's dependent on the revelation of God that you have. If your children are going to be very stubborn, it's dependent on the revelation of God you have. If you are going to be fallen sick every day of your life and die by a sickness, it's dependent on the revelation of God that you have. If you know that death is yours, then you know that you're not going now. The Bible says death is yours. Haven't you read it before? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 20. Let's look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 20. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Verse 21. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. All things are yours. Now, you can read this and gloss over it. All things are mine. Then you'll be going. Then you'll be going. And it will not make any click in your, in your spirit. Tell the Holy Spirit, give me revelation. I receive revelation for my spirit. Because it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. He says, therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things are yours. Verse 22. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world. He says, the whole world is yours. The whole, meaning that every single thing in the world, all the buildings, all the, 
everything, all the money, everything in the world is yours. Why should you die without anything? Why should you die under? Why should you die without having to see some places you have desired to sleep? Because of Vesa. Because of Vesa, you can't enter some places. Say, all countries are open to me. So the more you say these things and see these things, the more they happen for you. Yeah, the world will open up. No country can refuse you. No country can reject you. Once others are fully around and doing all kinds of things, you'll be standing in the mirror and talking to the one in the mirror and telling him, you, no nation can close its doors to you. You are going very far. You go to the ends of the earth. The glory of God is resting upon you. You are talking to yourself in the mirror. Hallelujah. That is what you need to do. It's called putting your faith to work. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death, death is mine. Death is mine. I'll wake up tomorrow, the next day, many years from now, 50 years from now, 60 years from now, 70 years from now, 80 years from now, until I am tired. The Bible says that he satisfies his beloved with long life. See, I'm not dying now. Say to your neighbor, I'm not dying now. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll die at a good old age, full of life and full of strength. That was that Moses was 120 years old and his eyes were not dim. Moses was not looking at things like this, like, oh, who is it? Is, it? is it this one or this one? No. Isaac had that problem, but Moses did not have that problem. Isaac's eyes were dim. So you couldn't tell who it was, whether it was Jacob or Esau. Moses' eyes were bright. Why? Because he was always in the presence of God. He was always with the word of God. Don't you understand? That's, that's the life God has designed for us to live. Yeah. Good life. Good life. Whether it be life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. All are yours. Say, all are mine. So it's a revelation. And if it comes to you as a revelation, you realize that it doesn't leave your spirit ever. No matter where you are, you know that all things are yours. All things are mine. My boss is mine. My boss is mine. When I need a raise, I can get it. They are blessed because of me. Yeah. Laban said to Jacob, I have learned by experience that the Lord has prospered me because of you, for your sake. Same thing was said about Joseph. Potiphar said to Joseph, the Lord has blessed me because of you, for your sake. For your sake. That's my life. Say, that's my life. This city is blessed because I'm here. Yeah. Not barely getting by. Barely getting by. We don't know. We don't know how things are going to be. Hmm. Anymore. We have. <laughs> I know. See, I know. Since we know that all things work together for the good. Are you called according to God's purpose? Yeah. Do you see? So, revelation. See, revelation. revelation. Of God's word. God's word. So important. And I said, God is committed to our growth. God is called, because he gave it to us. Do you see? In James chapter 1, verse 18, he says that for of his own will, begat he us. Of his own will, of God's own will, he gave it to us. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Of God's own will, he gave, the new creation is as a result of God's birth. First John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children. You see, God gave birth to us. So God, if you give birth, you are committed to raising a child, isn't it? 
So God is committed to raising you. Now, what are the provisions God has made to make you grow? Let me show it to you. Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. From verse 11. It's so nice. This is one of my favorite portions of the Bible. If not my favorite. I have many favorite portions of the Bible. Ephesians 4 from verse 11. God is committed though. He is. He is. If you won't have a child and leave the child walking by with one pampas, you give him only one pampas for the rest of his life. One diaper. You know, in Ghana, we say pampas is diaper, isn't it? Every diaper is pampas. There are haggis as well. And other ones, hallelujah. There's more face diapers and uh, soft care. <laughs> but we call all of them pampas. <laughs> you know, I used to help my mom sell in her shop. Do you know you should serve your parents? Yeah. yeah, I served my parents for a very. I washed my parents' clothing for years, for more than five years of my life. I was washing the, I was washing my father's clothing, and my mother's clothing, everything. I, I'm the one who washes it, and I iron and put them down for them, so they can be fine. Yeah. One day I was listening to a message, you know, because I have not really served under a man of God. Do you get it? Because one of the qualifications of ministry is that you serve under a man of God. But I, I have not really served under a man, a man of God. But I was a pastor. And it was working. So I was asking God, ah, where did I serve? Then God told me, what you were doing for your parents was your service. Because I did it out of my heart for them. Yeah. So there's a blessing in that. Before my father died, he called me and blessed me before he died. So I know I'm blessed. Yeah. I have something from my father. Do you understand? No matter how terrible he is, try and serve him. Do something nice for him. The Bible didn't say when it's not terrible, then you do something for him. It says, honor your father and your mother. Isn't it? Honor them. Tell me about honor them. It's something for your your knee. eh? It's an advice for your knee. Put it in your knee. And he gave some apostles. God gave some apostles. Jesus gave some apostles. If you read the verse before, it talks about how Christ ascended and also descended. Before he ascended, he went into the deep. He went into hell. So that he can ascend. He says, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. That he might fill all things. And when he ascended up into the heavens and sat down on the, on the throne. He gave gifts. He says, and he gave some apostles. Some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists. This is how it's supposed to read. The comma is not supposed to be there. Okay? The way it's written, it's written you will think it's, he's saying this. He gave to some people an apostle. And he gave to some people a prophet. And he gave to some people an evangelist. And he gave to some people pastors and teachers. There's nothing like that. He gave to the body of Christ some apostles. And he gave to the, all of the body of Christ some prophets. And all, to the, all of the body of Christ some evangelists. And all of the body of Christ some pastors and teachers. You understand? Uh-huh. That's how it's supposed to read. Next verse. For what purpose? Why did he give them? He gave them for the perfecting of the sins. Guess what? The word perfecting is catatismus. Catatismus is spelled K-A-R, K-A-R, kata, K-A-R-T-A-T-I-S-M-O-S. Okay? Catatismus. And it means full equipping. Okay? Full what? Full equipping. Or fully furnishing. Do you understand? The job of the apostle, the pastor, and all of those people who are given to you. They are, God gives you somebody. I'm a pastor and I've been given to you. In our quarters, I'm an apostle because I started the church. An apostle would start a church. He would be given a message to start something. 
So in our context, for others, I'm not an apostle, but for you, I'm an apostle. Do you understand? And we've planted churches. It's worked. It's the apostolic nation that makes that work. An apostle means a sent one. If I send you to buy bread, you are the apostle of bread. That's what it means. Do you get it? But there's a special office where God puts a man and gives him a message and sends him to preach a particular message and help his children understand a particular message. Do you see? But the purpose for, for the existence is for the perfecting of the saints, for the full equipping of the saints. Full equipping. For what purpose? For the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So they equip you for the purpose of the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So that, that command there is not supposed to be there. So it's supposed to be for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So they are to equip you with the tools that are needed. With the knowledge that is needed to build up the body of Christ. You understand? To do the work of the ministry. Okay? And also to build up the body of Christ. The work of the ministry ends up making you build the body of Christ. Now, that's one of their major um, 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 jobs to do that. But I don't want to major on that for today because I'm talking about growth, spiritual growth, isn't it? Growing up spiritually. Say growing up spiritually. So let's look at the next verse. That's what I want you to see, okay? They are supposed to do these things, equipping you continuously, like I'm doing now, talking to you, sharing the word of God with you now. Until we all come in the unity of the faith. The word unity is supposed to be translated oneness, okay? The Greek word is actually oneness. He says that we come to the oneness of the faith. What's the oneness of the faith? The oneness of the faith is coming to a place, growing to a place where you don't see Catholic and see Methodist and see Anglican and see Presby. You see the body of Christ only. Do you understand? For instance, there are some people who are trained to not fellowship with other Christians. Because you found yourself in a particular church, you are not supposed to fellowship with this other group. Have you seen some people? You can't even talk to them. You can't even say hi. You can't even share something. It's not supposed to be like that. The training that God gives, the feeding that God gives is supposed to make you rise into the knowledge of the oneness of the body of Christ. It says, we all come in the unity of the faith. What is the faith? It's not faith. He's, he's talking about the faith. There's faith and there's the faith. The faith is what we believe. What we believe, what was preached to us. It's called the objective faith. Do you understand? He's talking about what, what we believe. What do, who do we believe? We believe in Jesus Christ, isn't it? So long as a person believes in Christ as his Lord and personal Savior, he's a brother. That is what unifies us. So the body of Christ is not in a church. The body of Christ is bigger than a church, particular church. The body of Christ is everywhere. There are some in Presby. There are some in Methodist. There are some in Love Economy. There are some in Lighthouse. There are some in Catholic. There are some in wherever. Christ and Basil. The body of Christ is big. It's an organic body. Okay? That exists beyond borders. Beyond houses. Hallelujah. So, you are supposed to develop and come to a place where you understand the body of Christ and acknowledge the body of Christ when you see it. Accept people and accept the way they function. You will get to know that the right leg is not the same as the right hand. They cannot be the same, even though they are in the same body. You understand that the heart, the function of the heart, is not the same as the function of the bottoms. If you think that the bottoms are not important, let it be sealed for one month and see. So you, you grow into getting into understanding. That's a spiritual growth. If you are growing up spiritually, you begin to understand the oneness of the faith. You begin to understand. 
that wow i have brothers here i have sisters here you begin to appreciate everybody and you begin to pray for everybody because if one part of the body suffers all of us suffer so spiritual growth is not independence if you grow up independently you are becoming a cancer if if a cell in your in your shoulder in your shoulder decides that it's going to be growing on its own as it grows it will grow beyond the skin the surface of the skin and become bulky and say that hey i'm grown i'm higher than everybody it's a lie you are cancer you are tumor that needs to be taken out do you understand what i'm saying so that's one of the major signs that someone is growing up spiritually you begin to appreciate your brothers and sisters around you don't only look at yourself like oh this they don't know anything it's a lie you can't say that you can never say that if you see that they don't know anything you are committed to their growth you are committed to teaching them and helping them it's a major sign that you are growing spiritually so anybody you meet and say that oh you don't know anything and we have the revelation there's something wrong with his mind he doesn't know what he believes he, he thinks or thinks he has come to know but even that is not my point i want you to see the next point okay so he says to, we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of who the knowledge of who until we come to the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect man and unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ he says that we come to the knowledge of the son of god there's there's a certain knowledge god is expecting you to rise up to spiritual growth or growing up spiritually has to do with growing up in the knowledge of the son of god the word knowledge is what i mentioned earlier epignosis see epignosis the knowledge so this is the objective or the object of growing up spiritually okay that you grow up into the knowledge grow in the knowledge of the son of god in the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of who christ is the son of god right so what he's trying to say is that he wants you to grow in your intimacy in your precise concise and full knowledge of jesus christ so anything independent of christ and you getting to know jesus is not spiritual growth so sometimes you see people who are quoting scriptures and giving revelations have you heard of the dimensions of aaron's beard when you say no they say they tell you, you what church do you go to what church is that growing up spiritually is a growth in life not a growth in head knowledge now guess who jesus is jesus is the expression of god's love so growing up spiritually has to do with growing up in love <laughs> are you surprised let me show you some scriptures okay first Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1 let me show you what spiritual growth is not and what it is okay first Corinthians 13 verse 1 cola hasetele veloa kabasha tenebeo oh I love the word look at this it says though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels they are tongues of angels and they are tongues of men you understand tongues he's talking about language okay though i speak in the tongues of men so it could include this mola kalava stenoba blegosha falaga deglesetenebe there are some that angels understand okay of course i would say he that speak in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto god okay he says no man understands him 
how be it in the spirit he speaks what mysteries so he's talking about speaking like growing in tongues like the person is into different types of tongues and he can understand different tongues of men like when someone is uh, speaking in tongues and is german he can understand it do you understand uh-huh. he can understand he can just pick it up and give you the meaning in german whoa very well is that not a wild guy if you see someone like that what would you say that is a spiritual bulldozer a spiritual payloader a spiritual papa a spiritual roller he's a very wild guy he's what he's spritz you don't know what you say well god has other opinions he has other opinions look at it. it says though i speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity the word charity is poorly translated here it's supposed to be love because the greek word is agape he says for though though i speak with tongues of men with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love and have not love so i can be speaking in tongues with different tongues and all of that but that tongues must be with what love if i have not love he says, I am become a sounding brass. So all that you are doing, where's that? Where's that thing? Play that thing for me right now. Are you ready? It's okay. This is how it sounds in God's ears and it sounds in heaven. But on earth, we see him and we're like, hey. In heaven, he's, he says he's making noise. God doesn't appreciate him at all. Why? Because he's not developing in something called love. Matthew chapter 22. Look at Matthew 22, 36. Look at this. So someone came to Jesus and said, Master, which is the greatest commandment? You know, King James said great commandment, but it's actually the greatest commandment in the law. Which one is the greatest? And Jesus said this. Not praying in tongues. Not any of those things. He says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. All thy heart. The word heart is cardia. The center of your being. With all your heart. With all your soul. The word soul is suke. Your very life and existence. Your emotions, your desires. And with all thy mind. All, not some, all. The word mind is dianoia. That is all your imaginations. As you are imagining and moving around during the day. Check yourself at the end of the day and find out if you imagined about God. Did you think about God during the day? Or you were thinking about class and thinking about work and thinking about a lady's bottom. That one, that one, that one. <laughs> Look at the next verse. Then he said, and the second is like unto it. The second is like unto the first. The second. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Ask your neighbor, who is your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Your neighbor is best described by Jesus himself. Have you read the story concerning the Samaritan on his way to Jericho? 
and fell amongst thieves. Or rather, the guy, was he a Samaritan? He was not a Samaritan. It was a good Samaritan. It was a Samaritan who came to come and pick him up. He was a Jew on his way. And he fell among thieves. And a Levite came to pass by. They didn't mind him. A priest came to pass by and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, who is supposed to be against a Jew, came and saw him and picked him up. The Bible says, love your enemies and do good to them. Love your enemies. That is, listen, that is proper spiritual growth. If you are growing spiritually, what it means is that you are coming into a deeper and intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ. Who is the love of God? Go back to 1 Corinthians 13. I'll explain these things more. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Next verse. And though I have the gift of prophecy. So for some, when you start prophesying, it's a sign that you are now matured. You are now seeing things. You are seeing everything. You are seeing Luto numbers. You are seeing. <laughs> you are seeing check numbers. Uh, the colors of things. Hallelujah. You are seeing people's bank accounts. You are seeing mobile phone numbers. You are seeing mobile Momo account numbers and all of those things. And you can prophesy and it comes to pass. So it is. You, people, everybody would think that Charlie, you are really. Charlie, right now, dear, you are really inside. But your prophet, I'm not saying that is bad. Your prophetic is good, but the prophetic must be in love. In the love of God. It must not be without God's love. Or else you've missed it. Okay? He says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries. So there are those who are into mysteries. The mystery of the sun, the mystery of the moon, the mystery of the earth, the mystery of the seven stars. The mystery of Orion and Pleiades. You know there's Orion in the Bible? And there's Pleiades in the Bible? The mystery of Leviathan and Bohemoth. The mystery behind Job. They have mysteries. They have access to mysteries. And that's all they talk about. That's all they think about. The mystery behind palms. It's not easy, yo. He says, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. They understand all knowledge. And though I have all faith. So there are those who are into prophecy. There are those who are into uh, tongue speaking, prophecy, mysteries in understanding and knowledge. And there are those who are into faith. It is very easy to think that you are growing when you are growing in faith. When your faith is increasing. Like you can command and things are happening. So you think that that is it. Remember, faith that worketh by love is what the new creation is all about. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth much, availeth anything, but faith that worketh by love. So even our faith must work by love. First Corinthians 13, 13. Now these three are by faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. So if you are not growing in love, there's a problem. So spiritual maturity or growing up spiritually has to do with growing up in love. Growing up in learning to love God, first of all, and learning to love God's people. Do you understand? What I'm telling you now is the fastest route to having results in your life, in every aspect of your life. Are you surprised? (laughs) Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Love. Okay, so God is committed. 
Tell me about God is committed. God is committed. In, raising you. in raising you. In the knowledge of his son. Okay, in the, the word epignosis is full, precise, intimate knowledge. Full, precise, and intimate knowledge of the Son of God, who is called Jesus Christ. So that you may become, come to a perfect man and come to the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that as Christ is thinking, you are thinking on the same level. As he talks, you talk on the same level. That's how God wants your life to be. Okay? Remember, the quality of your life is dependent on the fellowship you have with the Lord, which is dependent on the revelation of God that you have, which is dependent on the knowledge of God that you have. Do you see? Okay. Let me show you some more. Can I show you some more? For instance, if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, let's read 1 Corinthians 8 1. You'll be amazed. Now, as touching things offered unto idols, we know. Say, we know. He says, we know that we all have knowledge. Then he says, knowledge perfect up, but love, the word charity is love, right? But love edifieth. Love, that's what? The word edified means grow. Love causes you to grow. Look at the next verse. Verse 2. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, if you think that you know any revelation or anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. Next verse, verse 3. But if a man love God, the same is known of him. Now, these things are in the Bible. Are you seeing it? Let's read the Amplified from verse 1. So, there were, there were arguments concerning food offered to idols. It was like, as, it was as though if you are not... For instance, there was a very wild teaching some time ago around this place that you should be careful of which food you eat. Because if you eat food offered, like food sold by a Muslim... It means that it's been offered, something has been offered to Allah. And you have gone to go and buy. So we should eat wachi. Tease yeah. it. Yeah. And then cocoa. How's that cocoa? Yeah. It's serious though. And it was a very strong something around some time ago. They couldn't keep up to it. So now we don't see it around anymore. They are, they are eating the wachi. Those who bring it are still eating the wachi. Because it is not true. Even meat. You know it's the Muslims who, who are the butchers most of the time. So if when you're going to buy meat, you have to check whether the person is a Christian before you buy it. Because maybe it is food offered to idols. So Paul says that now about food offered to idols, of course we all know. We, all, we know that all of us possess knowledge concerning these matters. Yet mere knowledge causes people to be puffed up. Just knowledge causes you to be puffed up. So it's not a matter of amassing knowledge. You know this, you know that, you know this, you know that. You know, some people are talking about how that uh, the new creation message is an old message. It is faded out. And now they are going into the body of God. Now, the body of Christ is nothing. Now, it's the body of God and the body of the Father. I mean, all kinds of things. Mysteries. Like, and then they, say, they use words. Words. Word salad. You know word salad? Word salad is a, it's a psychological problem of using many words, unnecessary words. Big, many, many big and unnecessary words to describe a particular thing. Did you hear of the guy who was talking about the road, a particular road? When you look at the psycho... He started mentioning the Bisma, Bisma, and the this one of this... Hey! He could have said the bad road. But he used about 75 synonyms to describe that one bad road. Confusing everybody. He says, yet mere knowledge causes people to be what? To be puffed up. To bear themselves loftily. 
and to be proud. So it's not just knowledge. But love, affection, and goodwill, and benevolence edifies and builds up and encourages one to grow to his full stature. That's what love does. It causes you to grow up to your full stature. Next verse. If anyone imagines that he has come to know and understand much of divine things, you are not to you know about a lot of divine things without love. It's not bad to know. You must know it with love. Do you understand? You must know it loving God and loving people. That is proper spiritual growth. Because you can grow, but not grow properly. You can grow and lack some, ma- some major things. Major things. Okay? You can develop beriberi spiritually. Kashioko spiritually. Merasmus. <laughs> uh, all kinds of diseases. But then you are growing. Rickets. You realize you are growing, but then you lack some major things. Love is the diet that matures you on every side. Love is the uh, uh, complete diet that you need. You understand? And if anyone imagines that he has come to know and understand much of divine things without, without love, he does not yet perceive and recognize and understand as strongly and clearly, nor has he become as intimately acquainted with anything as he ought or as is necessary. Next is verse 3. But if one loves God truly with affectionate reverence, prompt obedience, and grateful recognition of his blessing, Look at it. It says, but if one loves God truly, with affectionate reverence to God, prompt obedience to God, and grateful recognition of his blessings, he is known by God, recognized as worthy of his intimacy and love, and he's owned by him. Wow. I don't know which growth he wants. Whether he wants growth that is acknowledged by men, and then they'll be shouting, hey, Charlie, hey. Or you want the one that God acknowledges. Which one do you want? God's own, right? Let me show you some more. Can I show you some more? Yes. Philippians chapter 3, from verse 8. Hallelujah. Wow. See, I'm growing. I'm growing. Say it again, I'm growing. I'm growing. How do you know you're growing? Love. If you check yourself and realize that you are becoming a better person, you're able to bear with people. Love bears up with all things. I didn't finish talking about 1 Corinthians 13, actually. I didn't finish. If you realize that you're able to bear up with people, like what would have caused you to shout and get angry and insult. No more gets you to shout and insult. When someone does it, you just smile. Then you know that you are growing. The word of God is working on you. And then you would rather say sorry. Wow. Do you know what Jesus said? When someone slaps you. And the other cheek. Some people think that that is not like Jesus was not serious about what he was saying. He was very serious. That is a show of your maturity. Jesus said that if your neighbor compels you to go a mile with him, go 10 miles with him. Can you imagine? That's spiritual growth. Jesus' teachings are the highest teachings you can ever think about. Not Paul's. Not Paul's. Jesus' teaching is the highest teaching you can think about. But because he was a storyteller, many people think that he's not, he wasn't serious. <laughs> he was very serious. This is the son of God. When God came, he taught in parables and in stories. Hallelujah. Okay, go to 1 Corinthians 13. We didn't finish. Let me, I want to say a few things there and I'll come back. Okay? So, to grow, God is committed for your, your growth in knowledge, in getting to know his son, Jesus Christ. Who is the love of God? Are you there? 
That's what God is committed to. And how does it work? He works through the knowledge that he gives to you. Do you see? The word of God that he gives to you. The revelation of God that he gives to you. So, the more you know, you actually know concerning Jesus. The more you know in the scriptures, the closer you get to Jesus. Not the farther away you get from him. For many, they love his things. They love ministry. They love the things around Jesus. But not he himself. They love what he can give. Or what he gives. But not he himself. Say it's not like that in my case. I love him. With all of my heart. Hallelujah. Go down. Go to verse, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Look at this. It says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, if I bestow all my goods, if I give all that I have, is that not supposed to be a very powerful thing? That means you love people, right? But he says you can do that without love. You can do it because you want others to know that you were a giver. You go on Facebook and do something so that people will know that Charlie, you did form. I'll be giver. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, you could go to the extent of even dying and not have love. He says, It profits me nothing. The Amplified says, I'm a useless nobody. You are a useless nobody. Wow. So never growth in God is growth in love for God and for his people. Apart from his people, love for everyone on earth. Jesus loved everybody on earth. That was why he didn't die for Christians. Jesus did not die for Christians. He died for the whole world. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for who? The ungodly. Did he die for the ungodly? He died for the ungodly. He died for the whole world of ungodly men. Look at verse 8. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. While we were yet sinners. Not when we were good people. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. What do you see when you see people walking around? Do you see them that they are all going to go to hell? All, all these people they are going to hell. They should just hurry up and die. Something should just happen so that they all go to hell. Or when you see them, it's something pricks you. And all these are going to go to hell. We need to do something about it. What goes on in your heart? What goes on in your heart? Christian maturity is not what you've thought it is. It's a growth in life. A growth in love. Okay? So go back to Philippians chapter 3. Verse 8 to verse 10. Look at this. Sometimes you think about Paul, you think Paul was a man of deep revelation. You think that is all Paul was. But that was not what Paul was. Do you know what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 13? Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians 5, then we'll come back to this. You must read. If, if you don't read the Bible carefully, you will miss a lot of things. You will see the wrong things. You will see the wrong things. Paul was motivated by love. Nothing else. Everything he did was because of his love for the Lord. Okay? Yeah. He had great passion for Jesus. Great passion for Jesus. All those of us who are working in the ministry... Our, our work will be tested in love. Love is the material that makes your work transcend beyond this world into heaven and last. That's it. Nothing else. If what you did was out of love, that thing will stay. 
till eternity. Yeah. If you give a drink to somebody, a child of God, and you give it in love, now you can give the, the drink to the person, but you are not doing it in love. As you are doing it, maybe I know about how jeans you. You are saying that in your head, but then you are smiling. Maybe I know about jeans you. In your head, you have knocked him and done all kinds of things, and then you give him the drink, and he drinks it and he's satisfied, and he lives. But you have lost your reward. Why? Because you didn't do it in love. You did it, but not in love. <laughs> are you surprised? That's, that's it. You can clean the church, but as you are cleaning the church, you are complaining in your heart. Every time, nobody, all the ushers, they don't come. I'm always the one who is coming, and I'm always the one cleaning the carpet, and I'm always the one doing this one, and I'm always the one doing As you are doing it, and pastor, your pastor comes to pass by, you smile. As a, oh, pastor. <laughs> then you continue. You will not, you will not even say that, uh, congratulate me and say that I'm doing something. You have lost your reward then, then. You have lost your reward. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 13. Yeah, dead work. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Let's read Amplified. It will help us understand. For if we are beside ourselves, if we are mad, because there were certain times when Paul preached the word as though he was mad and behaved as though he was mad and imploring people to give their lives to Christ and praying them to be raised in the Lord. Do you see? Let me show you. Keep your finger here. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Let's read verse 27. Colossians 1, 27. You see something about Paul there. Read the scriptures well. Okay? Read the scriptures well. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the mystery that was hidden before the ages, but it's now revealed unto everybody. That is to you and I. So you must pray that this revelation comes to you some more. Okay? Now look at this verse. Look at the next verse. Verse 28. Whom we preach, this Christ, whom we preach... I preach Christ, warning every man. You see, I preach him, warning. Do you understand warning? It says, I give people warning. Listen, if you don't give your life to Christ, it is finished. There's no hope for you. And he behaves like a madman when he's doing that. He says, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, all types of wisdom, so that we may present every man perfect. The word perfect is mature, teleosis. That is the end of Christian maturity. To come to a perfect man in Christ Jesus. Have you seen it? So Paul was saying in the other place, listen, if we behave mad in a mad way, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 13. Let's read the Amplified. For if we are beside ourselves, mad as some say. Some are calling him mad. Oh, Paul, that mad guy. It is for God. It is all that I do is for God. And concerns him. It is for God and concerns him. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. Next verse. For the love of Christ controls and edges and impels us. Do you understand what, what he's saying? He says the love of Christ. Now, these are, this, there are two meanings to this particular thing. The first one is the love that Christ had in our case. The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, than that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Jesus loved us to the point that he died. Have you seen it? So that's one meaning. The other meaning is, Paul's love for Christ. He says, my love for him impels me. Do you understand impel? Let's read uh, 
dictionary. For the love of Christ controls, it controls me and edges me and impels me. All the churches he started is because of his love for Christ. His contemplations of the love that God has had in our behalf. Not because he wanted to have churches. Now, why do we want to have churches all around the world? Is it because we want love economy name to be everywhere? Is it because we want pastor's name to be everywhere? If that is the reason, we have failed. And it will never go anywhere. Hallelujah. But if it's because we love God and love those he loved. You can be a shepherd and you are doing all the shepherdial work because of accountability, evaluation. Because of no damage. You are wondering what you will say when you sit before your, your, the council members and you are giving a reply concerning what you are supposed to do. You can preach messages because you want to look impressive before people. So that everybody will say that, hey, Charlie, what be you? You know, you know Bible. Hey, you quoted about 105 scriptures, so then your head, your head will be like this. Yeah, yeah. You will say it in your, on, your, on your lips. You just smile. <laughs> right in your mind, you are jumping. <laughs> you are failed. You have failed. So let me show you a scripture. First, we'll come back to this. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. First Corinthians 4, 1. Let a, let a man so account of us as the ministers of who? Ministers of Christ. Ministers of Jesus. Servants of Jesus. Not servants of ourselves. Not people who serve themselves, but servants of Jesus. Who is Jesus? Remember, Jesus is the expression of God's love. Jesus is the Son of God. Who is the expression of the love of God? The bringer of the grace of God. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. And healing all them that were oppressed with the devil. For God was with them. God's interest is not in promoting any man. God's interest is in promoting his son. If you are not into promoting his son in any agenda in your life, you have missed it. You have missed it. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Next verse. Moreover, it is required in us that a man be found faithful. Next verse. But with me. Paul had done so many things, but he says, with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of some man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self. He says, I, I can't even tell whether what I've done, I did it out of love sometimes because I'm just doing things for God. But as whether what I'm doing, I'm, I was doing it for myself, I was doing it for Jesus, will be revealed on that day. Next verse, verse 4. That's, let's read the Amplified of this. Message from where? Okay. Pastor says, read from verse 3. Message version from verse 3. So let's do it. Message from verse 3. It matters very little to me what you think of me, even less where I, where I rank in popular opinion. I don't even rank myself. Comparisons in these matters are pointless. Next verse, verse 4. I'm not aware of anything that would disqualify me from being a good guide for you. But that doesn't mean much. The master makes the judgment. Makes that judgment. Verse 5. So don't get ahead of the master and jump to conclusions with your judgments before all the evidence is in. When he comes, when Jesus comes, he will bring out in the open and place in evidence all kinds of things we never even dreamed of. Inner motives and purposes and prayers. Only then will any one of us get to hear the well done of God. So the marking scheme and the marker is Jesus Christ. Not outward, not what we see on the outward. You can be going to jail because you have been forced to go. You have lost, listen, you have lost the man hours. You have lost all the things that you came to do. 
because God rewards you for listening and listening about him. Jesus said about Mary, there's only one thing that is needful and Mary has chosen that good thing and it shall never be taken away from him. What's that good thing? One good thing is the word of God. Love for the word. And who is the word? Jesus Christ is the word. So you come to church because you love the word and you want to hear about, you want to hear the word so that you can grow some more. Do you see? That's why you come. Not because you are coming so that your, your elder will be happy or your pastor will be happy. You have been counted. You are more than a number. Say I'm more than a number. I'm a precious child of Jesus Christ. That's what you are. Hallelujah. See, I'm blessed. See, I'm going higher and higher. See, I'm full of love. Rise up and just thank God for what he has shared with you. Thank him for what he has shared with you. Tell him you are grateful. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.